Hey friends, this is Mike. I know you've all heard about the concept of manifestation or manifesting your life, manifesting your dreams. I'm not going to talk today about manifesting your dreams or your dream boat or your future love or whatever, but I do want to talk about a little example that happened to me in terms of manifesting something, which I think is kind of cool. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where my goal is to help you with questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types like I think I am, to ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So this is a Tuesday podcast, which means it's going to be a little bit shorter, a little more personal. And it doesn't get much more personal than me talking about what's been going on with my wife. For those of you that have followed me at all, you know that she fell. Uh, I started this podcast journey, I guess a little over a year ago now. And <clears throat> she fell at the beginning of that um, last August, early August. I was in a coma for a couple months and ended up in the special hospital in Washington, D.C. And part of this podcast, I'm talking about what she's gone through, what I've gone through, but also different ways that the spiritual lessons I've learned have kind of manifested themselves, if you will, or come true as far as what we've been going through. Well, recently, we had kind of a major change in her status. She has been in this special facility in Washington, D.C., and she went there because she was on ventilator and tracheostomy and feeding tube and in a coma and all that jazz. She got off all that, and she's been uh, trying to get better to, to come back either home or to a place closer to home. But for those of you that have been through this, you know that there are a lot of challenges. And one of those challenges is that she started to become susceptible to multiple infections. And so she, she went through uh, different different infections, and it, it was appearing to be that every time she recovered from one, she was less strong than she was the previous one. So we were on about our third or fourth one uh, about a week or so ago. And... I knew that something else was going on. I don't know what it was exactly, but I just kind of knew that something else was going on. And I asked for somebody else to come see her, uh, an infectious disease doctor and some other doctors. And I got a call last uh, Thursday night or Wednesday night. Anyway, I got a call last week, and it was at night, and it was one of the nurses on her floor, and they said, uh, Mr. Nicholas, your wife is going to be uh, sent out of the hospital, she requires a special antibiotic. We're going to send her by 911 to this other hospital. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want her to go anyplace until I get a chance to talk to somebody. And especially the place that this lady told me that they want to send her to is another hospital deeper into D.C. <laughs> deeper, if you will, meaning it's further away uh, to east, uh, further away from Virginia, which was my goal, to get her back close to where we live. And we, we also learned from experiences with our son. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was in a hospital in Virginia at Georgetown. He got sent to another hospital, deeper, if you will, in D.C., and it, it was not a good thing. It was a bad thing. And so when she told me where they were going to take her, I said, no, I, I don't want her to go anyplace tonight. Let me come in tomorrow and talk to, to everybody there. And then I called another patient advocate that I knew from the hospital, and I said, her name was Rocky, and I said, Rocky... I don't want her to go anyplace. And she said, okay, I'll make sure she stays. So the next day, this was Friday, 
I was driving into the hospital and I was trying to use my one of my spiritual lessons that I've learned through this journey, which is you can call it the power of positive thinking, if you will, by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, or you could call it, you know, thinking grow rich kind of thinking by uh, Napoleon Hill. I prefer to think of it in terms of manifesting my my day. And I've, I've told you many times on this podcast, I use this little phrase, no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing, my dominant intention today is to see what I want to see. So I said to myself, what I want to see today is for my wife to go to Virginia. And although that seemed impossible at that particular time, I said, I want her to go to Virginia where I think she'll get the treatment she needs in a, in a better hospital. So I get to the, to the hospital in D.C., and I walk in, and I want to talk to the administrator of the hospital, uh, someone who I'd met previously. And uh, and they said, okay, you can meet the administrator. And I walked in her office, and she's in there with the director of nursing. And they were talking about my wife and about how I told them not to send her to this other place. So, man, for about 10 minutes, we're there. Mr. Nicholas, she's really got to go. It's got to be a 911 call. I said, why 911? Because it's you know she's every minute you delay she's she is getting worse every minute you delay that infection's building up in her blood, and in her body and basically they were making me feel like I was really th- threatening my wife's life by not agreeing to let her go out, or by not agreeing to let her leave like right away. So they said uh, the doctor he's an infectious disease doctor I can't even pronounce the guy's name I never met him or saw him, but. She, she had to go to this hospital, and I really did not like this hospital. And they said, well, make sure she comes back here or whatever. So I finally said, okay, great, let's just do it. I didn't want to put my life, my wife's life at risk. Let's just do it. So we go, go up to the room. I told my wife she's going to be going to this other place, and she started crying because, you know, she'd been in this one hospital now for 13, 14 months, you know, and, and this is just another change, and she was just nervous about that, so she's crying. Into the room comes this other doctor who's a – who's a specialist, she's an emergency room doctor, and she's an emergency room doctor in the hospital that they want us to, to go to. And she's very nice. She, she does a couple hours a week in, in this other place. And so she's looking at us, and I said, they're, they're going to send my wife out to this place where she's working. And she goes, really? I said, she, why? I said, she needs this special antibiotic. And she said, why can't she get it here? And I said, I don't know, but they said she can't get it here. And uh, they have, she has got to go by 911. And this doctor, she goes, 911? Why would they send her by 911? That's crazy. I said, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then I said, I really have some reservations about going to this place. No, no disrespect. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. She, she goes, if I was you, I, won't, I wouldn't want to go there either. <laughs> I thought, oh, great. So she's telling us not to go there also. And she said, look, I'm going to go, I'll go talk to the director of nursing and tell them I don't think you need to go by 911 and maybe we can work something else out. And I thought, wonderful. Well, she walks down the hallway out of the room and she runs smack into the 911 crew coming down the hallway at these three big DC firefighters. And they're, they're on a mission, baby. They're, <laughs> they're there to rescue somebody, my wife. And they're coming down the hallway with the stretcher and, the, and all their radios and, and all this other accoutrements that they're carrying with them. And they brush right by this doctor and um, the director of the nursing director for the floor, who really wants her to go out to this other place, comes up to me and goes, Mr. Nicholas, they're here right now. The 911 guys are here. And I said, I can see them. I know they're right here. And she goes, Here's Dr. So and so. And she puts me on the phone with the 
with a doctor that wants her to go, my wife to go to this other hospital. And he, uh, he tells me how important it is that she, she go right away. So I said, okay, great. We'll do it. Fine. The 911 guys are here. The doctor says she's got to go, whatever. You know, I guess my manifestation thing is not going to work. <laughs> so, so the 911 guys get in there and they're all bustling around her bed. And these are three big guys in this room where my wife's got a roommate. And, uh, and they're doing all this stuff, taking her vital signs, and radio's gone off. And the, the director of nursing there, she goes, now, to the guy, to the 911 guy, you know she's got to go to this, ho- this hospital. And the guy goes, ma'am, um, this is a 911 call. We're going to take her wherever we're dispatched to. We can't guarantee any hospital. And she goes, oh, no, 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 she's got to go to w- this place. And he goes, ma'am, I, I, can't, I can't guarantee that. And then he talks on this radio a second, and he goes, in fact, she's not going to go there. She's going to go to either this place or this place. And so so I realize now that there was something going on with the doctor, the infectious disease doctor. I think he's a, he, he has some type of privileges or something at this other hospital. And as it turned out, the antibiotic that my wife needed was very expensive, and that's why they didn't want to give it to her in this hospital she was in already. Uh, there's something sketchy going on, but I, I don't really know what it was. But in any case, <laughs> the, the nursing director walks away to go talk or complain to somebody, and the nine one the TC firefighter says to me, "Sir, um, this this shouldn't be a nine one one call." And I said, "Dude, I'm on your side. I, I don't think it should be a nine one one call either." He says, "We're going to call somebody else to come take her. We just called uh, AMR." I said, "Who's AMR?" And he said, "They're a private." medical transport company. They should be doing this, not 911. I said, that's cool. Um, can they take her to Virginia? And he goes, no, they can't take her to Virginia. Sorry, they're a DC outfit and they're being dispatched by uh, DC uh, firefighters, whatever. I said, okay. He said, but why don't you just hire your own medical transport? You already got the paperwork to transfer and you just take her to Virginia. <laughs> so I said, huh, okay, that's what I'll do. So I, I, Basically, I got the secretary there to call for my own transportation, and uh, they—they the long, the short of this whole story is, I got my own transportation. They didn't show up till twelve thirty a.m. the next morning, Saturday morning. It took forever. For those of you that were in the D.C. area, we had this tropical storm blow through uh, Friday and Saturday, and it was just a complete mess. And the transportation was, every time I called them, they were delayed two hours. So they weren't there at 4 o'clock. They weren't there at 6 o'clock. They weren't there at 8 p.m. They weren't there at 10 p.m. They did show up at um, 1230 in the morning. And just as an aside, I got to see the mouse that, <laughs> that runs around my wife's room at this place in D.C. I kid you not. They, were, they, they had a mouse trap for this little sucker. And they finally decided that he was, a, he was an apparition. But... I saw that little turkey at, well, it's a mouse. I saw this little mouse at, uh, at about 12, 15 in the morning in, in her room. And I was like, thank God we're getting out of here. But anyway, 12.30, they showed up. We got her to the hospital. And now as I'm doing this podcast, she is in the hospital and being well-treated. And they're doing all these tests. And they found some other issues. And she's in one of the best hospitals in the country right now. And so just as a... A message in terms of what can happen when you say that this is the way you want things to be. When I was driving in Friday morning, you know, there, there was just there wasn't a snowball's chance in hell, if you will, that that she was going to actually wind up in Virginia. And 
you know, that was just what I was manifesting. Now, just what I, I kept saying I want to happen, and things just worked out that it that it happened. And and there were things I didn't control, like the firefighters and changing the plan, and they came up with the idea. And anyway, she's where she needs to be right now. So that that's the message of this little podcast: is set your intention every day, say what you want to see. When a negative thought comes into your mind, like a lot of times I think negative thoughts, like you know, she's going to be hurt or she's going to have a problem or, you know, she's gone through a, a procedure tomorrow, by the way, which is um, challenging, but I've already set the intention. My first thought was, oh my gosh, this is going to be a problem. Reject that thought. You know, in, in my head, I say, I reject it. I reject that thought. This is the way, the way I want things to work. This is how I want things to be. And you will be surprised. I've been surprised that things work out the way that you intend for them to work out. So, Set your intention and how you want your life to be. Just do it by day by day. It, it's pretty amazing. So that's that's all I want to talk about today. Thank you. Again, this is just a short podcast, a little bit longer than I expected, but once I got carried away with that story, that's what, that's what happened. Um, and I'll keep you updated here eventually. Uh, you get Do me a favor. You can hit the subscribe button. That'd be great. Or just leave a review. That'd be even more perfect. Basically, I just appreciate you listening. Thank you. And I'll talk to you again on Thursday. Bye-bye.